everybody! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of About a Dog. This is Michael. This is Ashley. And this is another raw tidbit where we're just going to talk about random stuff off the cuff, that sort of thing. What are we talking about today? What's the topic? So no, like, intros, no nothing else? Just kind of like, ah! Okay, fine. We'll do the intro thing, then. Fine. I mean, basically, Westminster and all that fun stuff. I got in a fight with a... Oh God! A TikTok guy with a vet on TikTok. That was fun. I Just, think I he, won. He was a he was a British vet too. Yeah, who he definitely now. Just keep in mind, I can only hear what <laughs> Ashley is is watching because I mean, funny thing, he kept starting over and over again. The more she would, you know, look into yeah. it, like that he sounded like he was individual sucking on Peta's teat, if you will. Very much so. And I mean this. This guy's TikTok channel is filled with nothing but hate against purebred dogs and so PETA vitriol. PETA animal rights craziness, Humane Society International, all that shit. Cognitive distance definitely has to be in play here if he's a vet and, and chopping off the hand that feeds it. Yeah, yeah. And, and just basically is just mm-hmm. kneeling at the throne of mm-hmm. PETA and drinking the Kool Aid they offer, which is fucking stupid. Yeah, when they are openly against animal ownership of any kind, mm. including dogs and cats. Not to mention going up onto like people's homes, breaking and entering, and, and yeah, committing outright stealing, committing quite substantial felonies. Yeah, crimes. Um, which reminds me, next time, well, not, not a reminder really, but you know, every time we go to uh, Virginia Beach in the Norfolk area, we definitely give them the. You're number one with a bullet salute, as it were. Yeah, we do. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, they're headquartered in Norfolk, and it's just one of those things where anybody that's from the Tidewater area, like myself, mm. hate that PETA is headquartered there. Just absolutely hate it. But let's go ahead and swing this on the positive. If you are in that particular area and you have your uh, uh, companions with you, uh, definitely hit up Dumars. Yeah, go to Dumars. Absolutely. It's it's great for uh, burgers and fries. Their shakes are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And they love to take pictures for their Instagram for your pets. And you don't really get any kickback from that. No, we just we've, love them. We visited there uh, with Deku and Rosie. Mm-hmm. I mean, the woman just practically lived on the side of our car for yeah, a while, great. honestly. But yeah, the, the food is great. Go for the food, stay for the company. Yeah, and I grew up on Dumars. I think I have. I think I started having my first milkshake from Dumars when I was like three. Well, I think is a real feather in my cap is the fact that I found an artist, a uh, photographer who takes pictures mm-hmm. around that particular area. I can't remember if it was for your birthday or for Christmas. I don't really even care because I found a picture of Dumars completely snowed in, which is currently above our living room uh, television. So. Definitely yeah. kudos for me. That was a thoughtful gift. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, Unfortunately, it raises the bar for future gifts. Damn it. <laughs> and makes me kind of homesick right now. Oh, well, let's move on then. Let's let's talk about happier topics. I know. Uh, just the thing that'll make you happy. Mads Mickelson. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Cool. Yep. It's a smile from ear to ear now, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Drunk. But, yeah. Our topic for today yes. is... I know we've been get, getting a lot of requests to cover, like, dog sports and things like that from various what, like, people. like, uh, dock diving? And yeah, 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 Fast yeah. cat and yeah. stuff like that? So, what I'm going to do is, for some of our raw tidbits coming up, we're going to cover some dog sports. Okay. Today's raw tidbit is actually going to be about 
lure coursing, fast cat, precision coursing, all of that jazz under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. Just kind of all putting it under one roof. Yeah. So lure coursing is designed by nature to test out the instincts of sight hounds. Mm-hmm. So sighthound breeds would be greyhounds, whippets, salugis, slugies, so or salukis, salugis, um, silken windhound. Don't come at me, AKC people. Whatever. Um, anything that's like greyhound, whippet, even Italian greyhounds can run in uh, lower coursing, which is hilarious. Mm. Um, basically, breeds that are bred to hunt by sight and that are in the hound group primarily. Yeah, we even tried Kemper in this at one point. No, 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 no. We did yeah, not. I thought we tried him on lure coursing. This is different though. So. I'm talking about the origins of lure coursing it was originally a sighthound only sport. Period. Then, as the sport started to evolve, people started realizing that other breeds could do it. Mm-hmm. From mastiffs to little toy dogs like chihuahuas and uh, miniature pinchers to terriers to. Mixed breeds like Kemper to anything. I mean, we've even tried our Hamiltons on coursing ability. And the problem with coursing ability with certain scent hounds is it really depends on the course design as to whether they're going to be able to do it. Like if they cross the scent that they yeah. already... You know. So a lot of coursing ability for all breeds is a figure of eight. Mm-hmm. And some of the hounds that are really close to field lines, like every single Hamilton... Mm-hmm. They're not used to crossing their own scent path when they're hunting something. Mm -hmm. And it really confuses them. And they'll lift their head up. It's like, I've been here before. Yeah. And they, like, all of a sudden, their focus and drive has just been like, I'm confused. Yeah. So. Whereas with a certain dog, mm -hmm. as soon as that would happen to her, she'd look for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, no. So with Alice... Well, she did. She did, but at first, I ended up getting two legs on her UKC coursing ability mm-hmm. title. Yeah. And then, for UKC, and then on her third run is when she was like, my mommy's not running with me. But before that, I tried her on AKC, and that's when I found out the figure eight thing. Right. And that's when I was like, yeah, well, I'm not going to do figure eights with her because with... When you have a scent hound that's confused and they're going to try and find that scent path or they're going to find whatever it was, they're going to go looking and it's not going to be for the plastic bag that originally lured them. It's going to be for anything else. So I'm just kind of like, whatever. So coursing ability titles are in UKC and AKC. They're for any breed, any mixed breed. Mm -hmm. Then you have... Fast Cat, which is an AKC title, and it's for any breed, any mixed breed. But there are, and it's a straight line following a bag. But you are going to need two people. Yeah, you're going to need two people. Uh, someone to release and someone to be there to when catch. You, I wasn't going to go there, but fine. But yeah, someone to be there when the dog arrives on the other end. Um, and then you have Precision Coursing, which I think is like the UKC answer to it. Mm-hmm. But it's really weird, and the videos that I've seen of it, I'm kind of like, eh, okay. 
Then you have what you would, like, people would probably say this is not lower coursing, but it technically is. Mm -hmm. Terrier racing slash drag racing, where they are following a lure. And they are coursing it in a straight path. Yeah, like Penny did at Premier. Yeah. And Not those... Not the most recent Premier, but no, in Premier past. Past. Yeah. And for those, the rules are you any breed can do it at UKC as long as they fit into the start box. Mm-hmm. Um, for other venues, those rules may be different. Now, when it comes to lure coursing... At its fundamental level, it is all about testing that prey drive. Mm-hmm. And for sighthounds, it is a way to show that they can still do what they were bred to do. Right. And each breed is going to have different coursing styles. Mm-hmm. Each breed's going to be a little bit different. And they run them in similar coursing style fashion. Like, they'll try and keep the whippets together. Yeah. They'll try and keep the Salukis together. Um, they will keep the Greyhounds together. And then they'll kind of jumble up some of the other ones. Because there are breeds like um, the Ibethan Hound. They Their coursing style is a little bit weird. Sometimes they'll do a straight line. Sometimes they'll bounce because they're also designed to spring into the air and look over and then run. So you don't want them running with a hard line... Focus, 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 whip it. Because mm-hmm. it's going to discourage the Ibizan because they're going to see that whip it just going, going, going. And they're they're going to be like, well, my brain's not built that way. Help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you have, like, Rhodesian Ridgebacks that mm-hmm. do not look sighthoundish. Yeah. But they are. And they perform in sighthound trials and lure coursing trials. And they run a little bit different. They're not going to be the fastest. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be a lot of power there. And then you've got Irish Wolfhounds. They're definitely not going to be the fastest. But yeah, no. they can still run in lure coursing. Same with Scottish Deerhounds. Scottish Deerhounds are going to end up being a little bit faster than your Irish Wolfhounds. But you still got two massive dogs. Right. Um, but they can still do what they were bred to do. Mm-hmm. And people started to realize that... Sighthound popularity has pretty much stayed the same mm-hmm. across the board. There really hasn't been a huge decline. There really hasn't been a huge skyrocket. So a lot of clubs were realizing, well, why don't we just open this up to all breeds? Mm-hmm. But the caveat being there is that the ones that are not sighthounds, yeah. they run what is called a coursing ability test. As opposed to true field trial testing that is a little bit different. Where they are racing against one another. They have to do certain instinct passes before they can start earning certain titles. Yeah. And they can earn order, like they can earn field championships. And then for the extra talented ones. And I love seeing it at Westminster or um, AKC National Championship or whatever. Dogs that say DC in front of their name, yeah. that means dual champion, meaning they oh. have a confirmation title yeah. and they have a field title of some sort. Mm-hmm. So for Sighthounds, it would be via lore coursing that they've yeah. earned that field championship. Right. So it's really nice to see that DC there. Which and it shows the 
variety and I'm trying to think of a better word than variety, but uh, adaptability maybe. Well, it it also shows to me that form is following function, and mm. that these dogs are bred to hunt by sight, mm. and they are confirmationally structured well and meet the breed standard. Yeah. But can also go out and go lure coursing too. Yeah. So that that's nice to see. Um, kind of backs up the standard. Yeah, it does. It does. And coming from Hamilton's, we are in 100% support of that because in Sweden, you got to do both to get a championship. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the all-breed stuff, they earn various different titles based on how many completed courses that they've ran. Right. And ironically, a dog can earn a cat. Okay. So, a dog, as in four-legged goes wolf. <laughs> yes, I'm familiar with the breed. We have several under our roof, dear. They can earn a cat, which is coursing ability test. It's a title. It's the yeah, introductory. I don't think they handed them a kitten either. Kind of silly and arbitrary, but no, I get No, it. but it, it, it's funny to say that my dog oh, yeah. has earned a cat. Well, anyone that's outside of like dog swords would be like, they gave you a kitten? Yeah. <laughs> They're just handing out cats at lure course, and that seems counterproductive. <laughs> kind of. Um, it's already spayed and neutered. Here you go. No. Here you go. <laughs> so, for those, you earn te- you earn more titles, however many you go. Yeah. And at a certain level, they just start adding numbers. Yeah. So, like, um, I think it's CAX, which is Coursing Ability Excellent for AKC. Mm-hmm. I've seen dogs with like 15 by its name. So like they've been running almost every friggin' weekend for like the past three years to earn those titles. God. And while admirable, I got other things to do. <laughs> um, Are those people retired? <laughs> no. No, they're not. Wow. Um, then you've got Fast Cat. Mm. So Fast Cat is basically just straight line hauling after a lure. Yeah. We participate in this. It is loads of fun. Haley's dog needs to participate in yes, this. Yes, Cannon does need to participate in it. It's yeah. it's loads of fun. And it's all about speed. Yeah. As opposed to the coursing ability title where it's about how many times that you've run. Mm. This is all about how fast your dog runs. It's like a time trial, basically. Yeah, it's a time trial, and you earn more points based on how fast your dog runs. Yeah. But if you've got a little dog, you get a handicap. That's to, that, that makes sense, honestly, because a corgi's not going to go as fast as, let's say, like a bigger breed dog. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like like how Michael said, a corgi, they got to take longer strides to get that distance. Yeah. And so they earn more points based on how small they are. Mm-hmm. But there is some, there's a group of people, and I kind of agree with them, that if you are coursing with a larger breed, like a Mastiff, or like other Mastiff type breeds, that you should get a handicap on that end too, because mm-hmm. you really do not want a Mastiff to haul ass. Because yeah, no. it's bad for their health and sometimes it can be really tough for them to breathe that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can kind of relate to that with yeah. asthma. 
Um, and they already do that sort of handicapping in coursing ability for both smaller breeds and for the larger um, brachiocephalic and um, molossus, meaning mastiff-type breeds. Yeah. They do that for coursing ability. It just kind of makes sense that it, they would follow suit, but they haven't yet. Sorry, you said molossus. I immediately thought of um, Hans Zimmer. Sorry. <laughs> My head went elsewhere. Um, and then, with Fast Cat, for dogs that are like the top of their breed for the particular season get invited mm-hmm. to Fast Cat Invitationals. Oh. And then you compete for basically who is the fastest dog in X group or whatever. And I think currently it's um, what AKC calls a mixed breed, an all-American dog, I think covered the distance, which is like 100 yards or something, oh. in like seven seconds or something, or even six, I think. Wow. Which is insanity. Um, and then, so as with the coursing ability title, you can earn fast cap titles. Right. And then once you hit a certain level with the fast cap titles, then you earn numbers at the end of it. Mm-hmm. The intro title is B cat. Yeah. Just beginning um, fast cat, like fast cat trial mm-hmm. uh, title. And we've got dogs that Celine is just over halfway done. And Raven is just under halfway done. And we've only done Fast Cat maybe, what, like, four times? And give or take. Four or five times? We've, we've done it multiple times, I know that much. But we haven't been doing it weekend, week well, out. The pandemic tends to put a damper on things, plus we like to somewhat stay local. That yeah. Sort of thing. And, and there are certain things that, we will, that we'll travel for. Yeah. If, Fast Cat just tends to be not one of them. I mean, if we know the area and we know where it's going to be and stuff like that, then, you know, it's a possibility. Yeah, like if we're already going to be there or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. But traveling specifically for Fast Cat, you probably won't see us leave the state. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. You probably won't. We certainly didn't for the most recent one. No, we only went an hour northwest. Yeah, no. It's not even like a heavy hike for us anyway. No. And then, so the next thing. Yes. Is another thing that's a lot of fun. A lot of fun, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. What would that be, dear? That's terrier racing. Oh, okay. So Penny did. Yep. Terrier racing is what it used to be called in UKC. Now they call it drag racing. They call it drag racing, which immediately my brain goes, RuPaul! Yeah, mine too, actually. And also Sunday brunch at Godfrey's. (sighs) So much fun. I can't wait. What do you mean you can't wait? I'm going to end up going with Chris at some point. Oh, okay. All right. Have fun. He might want to take you as well. Uh, um. So, anywho. Just means I have to go to the bank. <laughs> you got to tip your queen. Uh, got to tip your queen. Uh, you're sitting on the outside. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sitting on the outside. Um, we may have to take Zach. I hope you realize. I'm fine with that. Yeah, he, he would probably want in on that. So, with... Terrier racing slash drag racing, it used to be four terrier breeds only, and the smaller ones that could fit into a box, and the big powerhouse breeds were rat terriers and American hairless terriers. I think they're still pretty hardcore when it comes to the competition there. Um, And now it's open to dogs, as long as they can fit into the box comfortably, then they can go. 
And then there's two different types of that. And it's, um, there's flat racing and then there's steeple racing. Oh, okay. I, I remember the steeple racing. Steeple is where they add that hill. Yeah, they add, I think it's two or three hills. Yeah. And the course. Penny on that, I think. Yeah. So Penny has her introductory title mm-hmm. for steeple. Yeah. And she has her second level title for flat. Mm-hmm. And at some point, at one point, I think in 2015, 2016, one of those years, Penny yeah. just happened to be the number one Class C flat terrier racer in the country, you know? Nothing Not, big. Nothing big. You know, it's, you know, just, it's, not, just top in the country sort of thing. It's Tuesday for us. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal, you know. And that's why Penny's called the Bottle Rocket. Yeah, and even now... She has a crate cover that says uh, Lucky Penny on it, which I thought was... I mean, with her story and everything, it's very appropriate. Yeah, and her her crate cover has uh, little rocket ships and stuff on it. Space and stuff. For the little bottle rocket. Yes. Um, now, when it comes to organizations and things like that, you got... It depends on what breed you have as to which organizations you can do. Not to mention the local clubs in the area. Right. So there is one that is for sighthounds only, and that's the American Sighthound... Oh, check uh, your notes. Checking my notes here. Hang on. American Sighthound Field Association. Uh-huh. And they only allow purebred Afghans, Azovoks, Basinjis, Borzoi... Greyhounds, Ibizan hounds, Irish wolfhounds, Italian greyhounds, Farrah hounds, Rhodesian ridgebacks, Salukis, Slugies, Scottish deerhounds, and whippets. Hmm. And they have to be registered with the American Kennel Club, Canadian Kennel Club, National Greyhound Association, or an AKC recognized foreign registry. Or possess a critique case number from the Saluki Club of America. Ooh. Fancy dancy pink. Yeah. I know what that is and that's um, Bedouin dogs that they get from uh, that they get from the desert and they bring them back. Oh, okay. Um, so that's for the American Sighthound Field Association. I might be wrong on what that stands for. Mm-hmm. But then you also, if you have any of those breeds... You can also participate in lure coursing trials for both UKC and AKC. Chances are if there's an event going on, they usually have something like that. Like mm-hmm. I mentioned Premier. Premier um, has everything that they, they offer. They honestly do. And I mean, we went and showed in confirmation and then turned around and walked outside for a bit. Yep. In our nice clothes. To the wet grass. <laughs> to the wet grass to do terrier <laughs> To do terrier racing. racing. And so, then... Yeah. Then we had to go back. I think we hung out at the show setup for a while. And then I had to go do weight pull. Yeah, with, with uh, Rolo. I got my steps in. <laughs> well, I mean, it's essentially... I, it's definitely a convention center, but one side of it, the side that we stayed in for the show site and everything like that, reminded me of a school. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of going to a school at night. And you have like a choral performance. The school looks different at night for some reason. That's what it felt like to me, at least in my opinion. Yeah. So, if you have a mixed breed or any other purebred dog, 
you can participate in fast cat, precision coursing, and coursing ability titles through um, AKC and UKC. Mm-hmm. And from what I've seen and what I've experienced, they are some of the most welcoming and nice people on the planet. We are very, very lucky with our local lure operator. Yeah. He's amazing. He's an absolute legend. Mm-hmm. Um, and the key thing, if you have any breed that you want to give it a go, just look and see where those clubs are ho- holding events, either through the AKC or UKC website. And usually they'll have what are called triads. Mm-hmm. And you pay like five, ten bucks to just give it a go. Yeah. And do, they, do they give you a time limit on some of these things? Because um, I know they do in dock diving, but in not, to... Not in lure coursing. Generally, yeah. it's see if your dog can do it. And they'll give you maybe a couple of starts just to be on the safe side. Yeah. But if they have like true full-blown aptitude, then there's your try it. You know what your dog can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to earning titles, you do have to enter and all of that and pay your regular entry fees. Yeah. And generally they're going to be between 20 and $30 a run Mm -hmm. per dog per day. Yeah. And you got to think about that when it comes to wanting to put titles on your dogs. They're great. They're fun. I love, 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 love seeing versatile dogs. Mm-hmm. And when you earn a title on a dog, it's more than just a piece of paper. It's more than just a certificate. It proves that you have this bond with this special dog of yours. And, you know, they're still pets regardless of what you do. But yeah. it's just going out and having fun with your pet and doing something that they enjoy. Because a lot of times, some of these dogs love having a job and it's been our experience Mm -hmm. that um dogs that have a job something about clicks in their head Mm -hmm. that this is what they're they're supposed to do this is what Mm -hmm. you know that in confirmation whatnot i mean this is just our experience Mm -hmm. do it don't do it it's entirely up to you but this is our recommendation yeah and 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 you should you know at the very least give it a shot give it a try yeah and for example when we first tried penny with terrier racing, we had no idea whether she would like it or not. Mm. Um, and darn it if she didn't love every friggin' minute of it. Except when we had Kemper run against her, she didn't like that. She was that. pissed. She's like, this is my thing. This is what I'm doing. You stay out of it. Um, <laughs> that was essentially yeah. what she was saying in, in those growls and grunts. Uh, but she... Loved it, and she went from a little rescue puppy that was being really annoying, ir- irritating, and... To an older couple and yeah, an old dog. To a top competitor in the country. Yeah. All with zero training. Yeah, no, it was all natural ability. All instinct and her desire to just kick ass and take names... Similar to Celine and and Doc Diving. And Doc Diving, yeah. We discovered she had an aptitude for it. And the moment that Penny figured out that she had this ability, it was like a light bulb turned on in her head. And she Mm. was like, oh, Oh. 
I have purpose now. <laughs> and this is what I do. When it comes to terrier racing and drag racing, there is some equipment rules here. Because you are racing with other dogs, especially after you've gotten your introductory titles, mm -hmm. you need to have a muzzle. Mm -hmm. And it is not because we're saying dogs are vicious or anything like that. It is purely for the safety of your dog and those around it. Because when I say these terriers know that it's a race, they fucking know. And there are some really good pictures of dogs throwing elbows at one another <laughs> and just giving each other the eye as they're going over steeples and all of that. People are competitive. Dogs are oh, equally God. as such. Yeah, and it's almost like watching a whole shit ton of drag racing cars going at each other. Kind of, yeah. And But you have these... Terriers that have this spark and this fire that say, Fuck you, I'm not losing! Yeah, no, no. I'm giving it all I got, yeah. And it's a lot of fun, and people are very, very, very welcoming. And one thing I want to emphasize here is just, with any of these sports, is you gotta try. You well, just have to. It's the only way you know what your dog is good at, is mm -hmm. just to go out and give it a shot. And I know it's somewhat contradictory coming out of my mouth, considering... I'm normally not one to want to try new things. But at the same time, I also learn you don't know unless you go out and give it a shot. Just try it and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, and have have fun with it. And when it comes to the competitive side of things, it's an added bonus. Mm -hmm. If your dog starts to get competitive and you get the bug, and the <laughs> bug means you start winning. Yeah. And... You really start taking it seriously and and all of that. Now, with some of the fast cat stuff that's starting to heat up, you're seeing more competition mm -hmm. and more focus being placed on it. And I will go ahead and say, fast cat, I think, is starting to outrank dock diving as the fastest growing dog sport. Mm. Less cleanup than dock diving. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, it's less cleanup, but when it comes to like a club wanting to host it, yeah, it is extraordinarily expensive. And even if you want to practice and train for it, the equipment that you would like to have at home is very expensive. Yeah. I have looked into getting some at-home lure coursing stuff. Mm -hmm. And the cheapest that I have found mm -hmm. is pushing $500. Gracious. And I don't know about anybody else. I just don't have $500 to burn no, no. on a fun activity that we may participate in from time to time. My limit is 300 and that's what I use to get you to switch. <laughs> it's about as far as I'm willing to go, honestly, for frivolity. Plus, it keeps paying off in dividends anyway with games and stuff. So, I mean, I really wish that the motors and all that stuff that, you know, they could be made cheaper. Mm. Um, we've got, you know, people are making these lure coursing machines at home. Yeah. Which seems a little bit terrifying, um, considering you're dealing with high-speed stuff. Yeah, an actual engine and motor and stuff, so. 
And for Fast Cat, it also has electric timers that are similar to if you see dogs doing agility. Mm-hmm. The moment that they cross over is when the timer starts. And across the line. Yeah. <laughs> and and same thing for when they finish is, yeah. you know, there are timers that say whether they're done. Mm-hmm. And those aren't cheap. You've got a lot of that. Funny thing is, what the dogs actually chase, extraordinarily cheap and easy to come by. Yeah, just go to the grocery store and don't ask for a paper bag. Yeah. Done. Or, I mean, the regulation ones are, they literally just cut up a white trash bag, tied some string around it, done. Those don't look like white trash bags. They are. They don't. They are. I don't know what they're using. Those aren't the same brands we do. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Absolutely. They're wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. That's for sure. <laughs> and again, I guess you kind of have to be. It's, it has to be disposable. Yeah. And dealing with dogs. And you stuff. also have to think about safety here is you want something that's easy to be broken. Yeah. Because you're dealing with, even with the lure coursing trials, they're chasing after the same lure. Yeah. And if a dog gets tangled up, the last thing you want it to get tangled up in is the bag. So if the bag breaks away, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no problem. Um, there, As with any sport, there are some potential injuries and things like that. It, We've never actually witnessed any. No, we haven't. I've heard of some. And it's primarily the sighthounds and some of your uh, more competitive dogs that will yeah. get injured because sometimes they will get... Some of the sighthounds are a little bit smart and cheeky and <laughs> will find the line and try and cut over. Oh. Yeah, and cut the corner and cut over the line and they'll get their feet tangled up in the line and mm. scratch their paw pads and things like that. Um, but then for fast cat and stuff, you're, you're kind of looking at some pad injuries here and there, maybe oh, some man. like... Muscle strain and all of that. Immediately makes me think of Celine. The early days in the backyard. Yeah. It's not anything as bad as like some of the agility injuries that can happen and things like that. But there is going to be an inherent risk. And with... You need to understand that when you sign up for that, you cannot... Sue the club if your dog no, gets injured. That's sign a waiver. That's part of the nature of the game. Yeah. And when I say injuries are very, very, very rare, they are very, very, very rare. But I do have to mention them. Well, at the very least, it's kind of a legal obligation, technically, if you think about it. Yeah. And you know, hurts, doesn't it? <sighs> Aston, you're not going to get on the podcast. Sorry, it's about a dog, not about a weird cat. It's to scratch its owners when it wants attention. We're doing his nails tonight. <laughs> to it. If I if I get scratches mm-hmm. and they're not in the usual asteroid spot, they're they're because usually it goes from a collarbone. No, his ass is getting scruffed and he's getting his nails done. Um but do, like, do you have any other questions about Fast Cat? Anything? Well, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? I mean, it just runs from one end to the other. I mean, yeah. Well, and, and of course, in my thing. opinion, it's more uh, amusing and entertaining than American football. <laughs> oh, I mean, it is. There's, there's left ref, ref, referee time. There's left um, less um, 
commercial time, you don't have to understand distance or anything like that. Just well, the only difference you need is that, did he make it on the other side? Okay, good. How how much time did it take him? Yeah, and I'm done. You know, well, I mean, it's not yeah that complicated. And also, if you are into photography, volunteer. Oh yeah. To photograph at a lure coursing event or fast cat or terrier racing event. That's one way to earn money. You will not be disappointed. Mm -hmm. The photos that you will get will be amazing. They will also be hilarious, especially if you get a bully breed that has basically cheeks (laughs) and then just their mouth goes blah. High velocity and their jowls are up in the air. Yeah. So there's a lot of opportunity for people to have fun in this particular sport and that's another thing it's that's just basically what it's about yeah we talked about the toxicity and confirmation and, and certain shows and everything like that there's no room for this here i mean granted there's room to be competitive but that's about it yeah here is the very epitome of run your dog not your mouth well what's funny is i think we actually did get some clap back over the fact that Penny was at the, as at the drag racing. It's like, oh, I, I was hoping you weren't going to be here or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I, I've had I had a couple of people say that when Penny would show up, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, sorry about your luck. <laughs> <laughs> We're just here to run our race, but if we win, yay! <laughs> if we don't, whatever. Oh, well, Penny did her best. Yeah. yeah, she had fun. Doesn't matter. And, and that's the biggest thing is. Seeing the joy that your dogs are having while doing this sport, mm-hmm. second to none. It's amazing. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And I honestly think that it would be one of those things that could get more people involved in the sport mm-hmm. of, or in the dog world in general. Yeah. Especially Fast Cat because it. Like it says, it's fast. Yeah. And what's interesting to me is it's actually equally beneficial from a more practical standpoint. Because, I mean, you see those people that go to dog parks to get energy out. Mm -hmm. See if there's a fast cat trial. Yeah. I mean, not only will it be a chance to socialize possibly with other people, but it'll run. (laughs) Yeah. And it really, really, really will help get the energy out. It'll Mm -hmm. get some of the instinct frustration out because that is a thing if you've got a breed a purebred dog that is bred to do something Mm -hmm. and you don't give it a job to do they can get frustrated and they'll let you know in destructive ways yeah and so this is a great 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 outlet for that especially for breeds that have a higher prey drive Mm -hmm. and even your little toy dogs can have a high prey drive Mm -hmm. because you have to think some of these breeds like Yorkshire Terriers what are they bred to do they're bred to go in to fabric factories and take care of rats that's what they were bred to do in Yorkshire in Yorkshire and so yeah they're small and fluffy and cute but some of these dogs would benefit from having that outlet of being able to chase something down and have that job and have something to do as opposed to just going for strolls. Yeah. And Let's go walkies. Yeah. And oddly enough, most lure coursing trials and fast cat and all that stuff Mm -hmm. is going to be a hell of a lot safer than going to a dog park. That's very true. 
That is very true because you can't really know what you're getting into going to a dog park. Yep. And then for fast cat, it's like one dog at a time. Yeah, it's one dog at a time. And yes, there are rules and things like that at dog parks, but not a lot of people know them. And they really aren't making you sign waivers. And you you have these side chair dog experts that think that they know better than all this stuff. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. Or strange weirdos trying to feed your dog stuff. Yeah, strange people trying to feed your dog shit. Yeah. And then, whereas with Fast Cat, you actually have a chance to be around like-minded people, mm-hmm. to exercise your dog in a safe way, mm-hmm. and the people that are running the trials and things like that mm-hmm. are kennel club people. They've so, always been very personable yeah. whenever I was on yeah. one end or the other, so it's, yeah, it's always been a positive experience for me. They are very personable. They are willing to answer questions, anything that you may have. And even when you go in to check in at the desk, you can ask questions. Yeah. And, have you know, the biggest thing is have fun and mm-hmm. provide this good, safe outlet for your dog. Um, and we will be posting links. Yeah, definitely to where you can go on our Facebook. It's easier to do that as opposed to doing it on Instagram and Twitter because you got character limits and all that shit. I don't know Instagram had character limits. Well, not Instagram. No, Instagram doesn't have a character limit, but when it comes to posting links, it's really funky about doing that. Oh, okay. It's kind of policed. Well, not policed. It's you can only put one link into your bio and then you've got to have like a link tree thing and i'm not tech savvy enough to deal with link tree at the moment i got you i got you um speaking of links um you already did the facebook twitter uh which no links will be on at about dog one Mm -hmm. instagram which only allows for one link in the bio (laughs) about a dog pod the email about a dog pod at gmail.com please Mm -hmm. feel free to reach out about the podcast Mm -hmm. only Mm -hmm. at that particular website yep email sorry and i mean for we just got some facts and figures over the past month that kind of blew my mind. Yeah. Um, hello, New Zealand. Hi, that New was, Zealand. That was very kind of you. We really appreciate it. And rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. It helps mm. our metrics. It helps things. We we really appreciate anything and everything that you could do. So I mean, th- this is you know uh, to paraphrase something that somebody had once said: a pokey. <laughs> dog podcast so I mean we appreciate any and all positivity yeah. we I mean we consider um, any like review subscribe that sort of thing as being a thank you yeah it's we a really huge it. huge thank you huge pat on the back mm-hmm. um, eventually we'll do something with our Patreon at some point we probably should because um, I know we have um, I mean I have one I'm not giving it up but there's I think a painting somewhere well, I can teach the dogs to do other paintings and stuff like well, that. That's true. So. But we got an Alice one. Yeah, that. The, the blue and white one? It's not going anywhere. Okay, so none of her paintings are going anywhere. Then. Nope. Okay, all right. I shouldn't have said anything. Nope. So we'll, we'll figure out what to do with our Patreon. Um, but yeah. Go hug your dog. They love you. Hug your dog. <laughs>